Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you to my podcast, Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effective working out of the will and calling of God in and through our lives. I started Deep Waters to be a platform that releases decades of experience as a Christian and years of Bible diving. These messages are designed to equip you for the war of today. And mark my words, we are in a war. And I feel more than ever that the saints of God need to be equipped for the work of ministry and focused on making disciples that have the metal to stay in the battle. Teaching is a gift and office God gave me, and I hope that whatever can be imparted is imparted. So I know the titles of my messages are strange, but believe me when I say they come with an entire message behind them when they drop into my spirit. A porous chorus is a strange journey, but it is one that is necessary for any of us if we want to be in the presence of God. So let's see how God enters into mankind and baffles the educated. John 3, 1, 8 states, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So we see that everyone is born dead, spiritually speaking, which breaks our relationship with God and prohibits us from seeing what is happening in the kingdom of God and from hearing what God is saying. So let's look at being made alive, that is, born again. It is the same experience as fire entering into steel or iron. Place the metal into a furnace and add the necessary quantity of oxygen so that the fire enters into the iron. In a similar matter, let's take a look at what happens to us. John 14.20 states, At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. So we see that when we are born again, we are now made complete. To say that there is no God is to shut down the opportunity to be made alive, spiritually speaking. Now we see that neither of the elements lose their original makeup. The iron or steel may bleed some dross, but you get the picture. Fire inside the iron is still fire, and the iron, even though it is filled with the fire, also retains its identity as iron, though it loses its impurities, just like us when the fire of God and God himself enters us. Luke 3.16 states, John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to lose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. This is how it is with us and God, when we are baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So now that the fire has entered into the iron, it can be changed into something different. In other words, until the fire enters the iron, it is useless. Until we are baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire, we too are useless. In fact, worse than that, because what happens is that we become religious, thus entering into the world of woes. You can visit Matthew 23, 13-39 for more on that. Before we experience being born again, which is in John 3, 3, we are an absolute mess. Sin is reckless with our lives and turns us into beasts of awful character and activity. As Genesis 4, 7 states, 
If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. What does that state? That sin is alive? Yes, it is. Sin is alive. As you read through Romans, you will see how Paul personifies it. But to stitch it back, sin is waiting for you to desire it, thus opening up the door to all kinds of spiritual killing, stealing, and destroying, thus done by the hands of the devil who was given permission by our appetites and desire for sin. Okay, so let's get back to our wretched selves. Let's look at some flesh-shattering scriptures that are accurate to the bone in describing our pre-born-again stage of life. Keep in mind there is no one who falls outside of these descriptors in the human race. In each of us, in time, it is always proven to be true. And so, but if these still describe your condition, then you should examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. You can take a look at 2 Corinthians 13.5. So Genesis 5.5 states, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Genesis 8.21 goes on to say, And the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. It states in Jeremiah 4.22, For my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are silly children, and they have no understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. Again in Jeremiah 17.9.10 it states, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. In Ezra 16.30 it states, How degenerate is your heart, says the Lord God, seeing you do all these things, the deeds of a brazen harlot. Okay, so this gives you an idea that we were, and are in definite need of a Savior. But more than just being born again, we must be sanctified, which is like having the dross removed. So now we look at what that is like, but we'll leave the deeps of it for another message. For now it is important that you know that being born again is just one step in the process of you being completely transformed into His, that is, Jesus' likeness. In Proverbs 25.4 it states, Take away the dross from the silver, and it will go to the silversmith for jewelry. In Malachi 3.1.3, it states, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. In Psalm 66.10 we see it say, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. In Daniel 12.10, Many shall be purified, made white, and refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand but the wise shall understand. And finally, in Zechariah 13.9, I will bring one-third through the fire, will refine them as silver is refined, and test them as gold is tested. They will call on my name, and I will answer them. I will say, This is my people, and each one will say, The Lord is my God. I did not include any sanctifying scriptures, of which there are many, but rather what happens in the process of being sanctified. 
This happens both now and when Jesus returns. So now God uses the fire to remove the impurities in us in the same or a parallel manner that dross is removed from precious metal, or in our earlier example, steel or iron. Refined, refined, refined. We must be refined. The appetite for sin must go. It cannot exist in the person of God, who in faith is more precious than gold. And yes, thank you for God's grace when we do sin, for no sin creeps outside the forgiveness of his spilled blood. The thing about the kingdom of God is that only precious metals, purified precious metals, are used in describing him and his kingdom. Let's take a look. In 1 Chronicles 28.18, we see it says, And refine gold by weight for the altar of incense and for the construction of the chariot, that is, the gold cherubim, that spreads their wings and overshadowed the ark of the covenant of the Lord. 1 Chronicles 29.4 goes on to say, 3,000 talents of gold, the gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses. And we see coming from Revelation that we are being counseled to buy from Jesus gold refined in the fire. Revelation 3.18 states, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Surely you see it now that salvation is simply a door which enters into the all-powerful presence of God. We have heard that God will take you as you are, but because he loves you so much, he will not leave you as you came in. In finishing, we see that we are all so naturally inclined that when we see dross floating on top of silver or gold, we know that we know that we know it has to be removed so that we can see what's underneath it. Even a child knows this. Sin behaves in exactly the same way. As the fire of God begins to do its work, your sin will be exposed, that is, to be seen clearly as it floats to the top. And like the child that knows it needs to be scraped off, you will know that it has to go because beneath it, it is hiding what is most precious to him, and that is your childlike you, the sinless you, the righteous you, the holy you, the sanctified priestly you, the saved, authentically born-again, child-fearing and believing, fire-breathing, child-made-in-his-image-and-likeness you. Well, that's it for today. I hope you really enjoyed the teaching. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding the message, but what you can take away from it. I encourage you to use this teaching in whatever elements that the Holy Spirit revealed or that He may reveal to you. Many times in a message, it is some part, not all, that applies to an area of your life that God may be speaking to. If you feel the message would be helpful to others, then I ask that you be the witness that you have been called to be and invite them to the podcast. Use this teaching as part of your ministry to impact the world for Jesus. Copy and send a link to those in whom you think this message would help. Remember to gauge the maturity and readiness of the receiver, lest we offend them unnecessarily. This can happen when someone is not given the revelation for a specific message or verse in their current season. I speak from experience, as I have unintentionally and in ignorance corrected Christians who are right. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant the seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thank you and see you next time in deep waters.